به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الرجال قوامون على النساء بما فضل الله بعضهم على بعض وبما وبما انفقوا من اموالهم صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الجنه تحت اقدام الامهات او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام my most respected elders and brothers having just come out of the public holiday of the wednesday where it was declared to be a women's day i thought it be appropriate for us to just shed some light upon the status of a woman in islam and what is their role what is our role and how islam views a woman sometimes many of us we get confused and we get mixed up and we don't really understand how to answer somebody who may pose a question regarding a woman in islam and why is she dressed in a certain manner or why she has to conduct herself in a certain manner so that's why i thought that it will be appropriate that we shed some light in this manner in this matter so that we can understand our deen in its entirety in its conformity and in its proper perspective so firstly my dear brothers prior to islam if you read the books of history and you have to study what was the status of a woman prior to islam prior to the coming of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam you will realize and understand that she was treated like a commodity she was like a thing she was like something that could be owned so much so that if the father had many wives then the son used to inherit the wives of the mother or of the father used to inherit them they themselves used to not get any type of inheritance they were not allowed to own anything as a woman they were regarded to be you know the low type of just there to be of service to a man and they had no no ownership at all you know if you look at greek philosophy and how greeks used to treat their wives how their uh, women were treated etc you realize this but when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came and then the ayats of the quran were revealed with regard to the status of a woman and what is her maqam what is her darja in what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained with regards to a woman we will realize that there are so many ayat in the quran that has given them a very lofty status allah taala mentions in the quran that a man and a woman they have they they have the appropriate manner and roles in which they have to play so much so that allah taala gives that their status higher to a man ar-rijal qawwamun ala an-nisa he has a level above a woman and allah taala gives us the reason bima faddala allah bihi ba'dahum ala ba'di wa bima anfaqu min amwalihim it is the status has been given to a man for the simple reason that he is responsible for taking care of his family and he spends his wealth etc 
in protecting his wives, protecting the women folk in his home, and for him to be able to uh, be of support to them more than anything else. One ajib waqia took place in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where one sahabiya by the name of Hazrat Asma radiallahu anha, Asma, she came in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and she came on behalf of all the women. Huh? Imagine that majlis now, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sitting with his sahaba, and this sahabiya al-ansariya, Asma al-ansariya, she came in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and she started addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and saying, Fidaka abi wa ummi, that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, may my parents be sacrificed for you. Huh? Look at the respect and the honor and the manner in which she addressed her question to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fidaka abi wa ummi, that may my parents be sacrificed on you, O oh, Nabi of Allah. Then she says, I have come to you on behalf of the woman of Medina. But any woman in any part of the world, whether she comes from the east or the west, she will have these very same questions that I'm going to be posing to you. She will have these very same questions that she will want to know the answer of which we want to know as women folk. And then she elaborated and she explained what a woman does or what we can understand at that time and that age, what the women were going through and what they were undergoing, what responsibilities they had. So the first thing she says that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, we bring Iman on you. We bring Iman. We have accepted you. We accept Allah. We have Iman in our heart. And we accept that you are an apostle of Allah. You are a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deputed you. Allah ta'ala has sent you to us. So that is why I'm asking you these questions. Because whatever answer you're going to give us, I'm ready to accept it. Yeah? This is how she was addressing Rasulullah sallallahu Now knowing, understand from what I told you, that what was the background of a woman at that particular time. Yet she had the courage. Because she never known how, what answer she's going to get from the Nabi of Allah. You know, is his answer going to be in conformity with what they are experiencing in that particular time? Or his answer is going to be something else she didn't know. So placing her trust completely in Allah and accepting whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will say, she came with this question to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she says that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, we live with restrictions. We live with restrictions and we have our limitations. Now we can understand that the Quran has enforced certain rules and regulations pertaining to how a woman is supposed to be conducting herself. وَقَرْضَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ is an ayat of the Qur'an. If you reject the ayat of the Qur'an that you must stay in within your confines of your home, if you reject the ayat, you can be out of the fold of Islam. So now she's asking that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, we are living within our limitations, and within our restrictions, and we don't leave the confines of our home except obviously for some any due necessity or need then she says that we allow the men to fulfill their needs with us huh? we get married to men they fulfill their needs and desires with us and then we fall pregnant we bear the 
burden and responsibility of bearing a child for nine months a woman is pregnant she carries the weight and the burden of a child she's lying down and is kicking him kicking her from inside she can do nothing eh? all this burden and responsibility Allah Ta'ala has placed that responsibility upon us but he says that we notice that you men she's addressing the Nabi of Allah you have been favored by Allah and you have been favored in such a way that you are able to go out of the confines of the home you go and perform Salatul Jumu'ah huh? you go and perform Salatul Jama'ah you go to the masjid so <laughs> five times a day you are leaving the confines of the home and you are going out of the home you are going to the masjid then also together with that you are able to you know attend Janaza Salah you are able to uh, you know go out and visit a sick person if a person is sick then you go and make taziyat or you go and visit a person that may be sick and most of all you have such a great virtue that you go out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you go out in the path of Allah you fight in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you advance and progress the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that all of this that you do now I want to know from you is that just like how the men have such a high maqam and status in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you also are able to go perform hajj and sometimes our husbands are going one time, two time, three time, five time, ten times you go out you perform umrah as well and then together with that then you, board, you guard the borders of the, of the, you know, of the country preventing the country we know such great virtue and fazilat for the mujahid and that person who's standing up and protecting the wealth of a believer you do all these things now we women we are at home we are within our limitations and confines and we are bearing all these responsibilities and when our husbands are gone from the home then we protecting ourselves and we protecting the wealth of our husband Allahu Akbar imagine if there was no wife, who would have protected you? Have to, you'll have to, uh, you know, have armed security guards protecting your home and protecting your your wealth and all of that. So we, we we are the ones who are protecting our husband's wealth. We are protecting our own chastity, and we are taking care and bearing the children and giving them the tarbiyah, etc. That is so required. Then she is saying that when they're gone, then we sewing the garments also this is the work that the sahabiyat used to do we work in the fields we bring water we tend to their clothing and then we give tarbiyat to our children so now she poses the big question and she says oh nabi of allah don't we also have a share in the reward that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept for our men do we as women who give support to our husbands in the whatever work of they are doing and she enumerated all that work that the husbands are doing we are not participating in janaza salah we are not going five times to perform salah in the masjid we are not performing Jumma salah in the masjid we are not going out to seek sustenance and provide for our families we are within the confines and restrictions of our home we are not protecting the borders Huh? We are not uh, doing so many things that the men have got fazilat, they are doing, we are not doing. 
But I want to know from you that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, we are within our confines. We bear the children. We take the responsibility of the wealth of our husbands. And we take care of them. We fulfill their needs whenever they have needs. And we are protecting them, their wealth and their children. Do we have a reward in that as well? So my dear brothers, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself was fascinated by the question that this woman al-Ansariya Asma, her name was Asma bintu Yazid al-Ansariya that she posed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That he actually turned to the Sahaba and he said to them, Oh my companions, did you ever hear such a magnificent, such a marvelous question from a woman? Did you ever expect that a woman can ask such a question. Now understand the time and what the people were in that particular time. Huh? The woman was so downtrodden in that time that they used to be buried alive. Huh? A man used to feel ashamed to tell his friend that my wife had a uh, baby and her baby is a girl. He used to feel ashamed. So now she's asking this question. Now imagine her iman, her trust in Allah, her trust in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So she posed this question and Rasulullah sallallahu himself became fascinated by the question and then he responds to her. Allahu Akbar. This is the Nabi of Allah. That is why we say, وَمَا أَرْسَنَّاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَانَمِينَ That the Nabi of Allah, he has been sent as a mercy unto mankind. And mankind includes a woman as well. Includes a jinnat as well. Includes a plant as well. Includes the insects as well. The animals as well. Uh, ulama mufassirin have, writ uh, have written what is the meaning of this وَمَا أَرْسَنَّاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَانَمِينَ that we have not sent you O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam except that you are a mercy unto mankind that means everything that is below the heavens below the earth below the uh, skies and everything whatever is present in, on earth everything even below the earth everything is in Allah Ta'ala's Nabi has come as a rahmatul lil'alameen, as a mercy. So for the woman folk, he was a mercy as well. Because in that particular time, I brought before you what was the environment that was prevalent in that particular time. Sufficient to say that what do you think of an environment where, I mean, a man used to bury his own daughter. <laughs> there was nothing, no lower, uh, you know, grade that a person can go to. So Rasulullah sallallahu then responded to her and said, Oh, Asma, oh woman, go back and take this response of mine to all the women and give them this message from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and tell them that if they display excellent conduct to your husband, that if you display excellent conduct, that means you show good akhlaq to your husband. And together with that, you keep them happy and you try your level best to understand their ways and you fulfill the orders of Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you will have an equal reward in all the good actions that they do in every good action that you mentioned before you will share in an equal reward as your husband in every act of good deed that he will do the wife gets an equal reward in that. Huh? This is the rahmat of Allah, the mercy of Allah. This is the mercy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even upon a woman, that despite living in the confines of a home, despite not being able to participate and take uh, advantage of the various good deeds that a man can participate and do, 
Yet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives them that status and advises them that if you do these certain things, Allah will give you the same reward that when your husband is going to read the first salah, then you will get the equal reward. As if you have gone and read the first salah, you'll get the reward. When he's going for uh, reading the Salatul Jumu'ah, you'll get the equal reward. When he's going out in the path of Allah, he's leaving you and you are taking care of his possessions of yourself and you're making the tarbiyat of the children, Allah Ta'ala is giving you the same equal reward as your husband is getting whilst you are in the confines of your home. So Allah Ta'ala's Nabi and Allah Himself raised their daraja, raised their level to such an extent that they are within the confines of their home being able to get the similar reward that Allah Ta'ala has promised for men that you get this reward when you go, you get that reward when you do this action, you, get, you give charity and this is the reward you get for the charity that you get, that you are giving. But my dear brothers, we are living in an environment, in a society, we are living in a culture where, what can I say, they make, they, they want to make a woman, you know, make a woman become such that she becomes like a general property or she gets involved in every type of thing that a man is doing. So they talk about equal rights. See, they pick on Islam and they say, you see, in Islam, many, many a times they ask this question, why is it that a woman gets half the share of her brother? Why does a woman get half the share of her brother? Let's say a man, he passed away, he left one son and he left one daughter. Now the share distribution between the wife, the son and the daughter is not equal. They all don't get equal. The, the wife gets one-eighth, then the balance is divided between the son and the daughter. So you see, see, this is an imbalance in Islam. This shows that you know, there is no equity, there is no equality in Islam. So my dear brothers, we, because we are so weak that we don't know our deen, ourselves, we don't know what to answer them. But the reality is, my dear brothers, that in Islam, Allah Ta'ala has made it the responsibility of the man to provide for the, for the woman folk, not the woman to provide for the man. The responsibility for the man to provide for the woman folk. So despite the fact that she is getting half of the inheritance of her deceased father, it is not her responsibility to support herself. Islam has made it the responsibility of her brother to take care of her if she got no husband and she's got no father. You see, my dear brothers, this is the reason why Islam has given that particular advantage to a male that he gets more in inheritance, he has more rights, etc. is because of the fact that he is spending his wealth and he's, it's incumbent on him to spend his wealth. My dear brothers, sometimes in the Jamiyat we get some questions like this where the lady comes and she says that uh, my father passed away, my father passed away, now my mother, I'm taking care of her. But my brother, he wants his full share of inheritance. You understand my dear brothers? Look at the complaint that she's giving. She's saying that it's not my responsibility. I'm somebody else's wife. I got my own children and my own responsibility. Whose responsibility it is to take care of my mother? And the reality, my dear brothers, is that that inheritance extra that has been given to the male, to the son, is because he needs to take care of his mother. And because he's neglecting that duty and responsibility, it's falling onto the sister. Now, which 
daughter is going to see a mother in suffering. So my dear brothers, our deen has got its proper perspective. Everything is supposed to be in its proper order. Let me finish off with one or two quick ahadith, my dear brothers. Ajib, our deen is so beautiful. Rasulullah sallallahu he mentioned, you know, sometimes the father, he says, hey, I'm spending money on my daughter, spending money on my daughter, spending money on my daughter. Sometimes his sister gets divorced. Now the sister comes home, she got nowhere to go. Now he's spending money on the sister, spending money looking after her, looking after her children. Sometimes we get, we get annoyed with this, but we must never get annoyed. In one hadith, Rasulullah he mentioned and said that that man who takes care, who has two daughters, and he takes care of them, he supports them, he brings them up, he gives them the proper tarbiyah, and when it is time for him to get them married, he gets them married in a proper home. Then Rasulullah says, in one hadith it comes that Jannat has become obligatory on him, wajib on him. Jannat has become obligatory on him. Then the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they said in one another hadith, they said, Oh Nabi of Allah, if he only has one daughter, he made ahsan on all of us. Hey, if he never asked that question, we'll be confused. He said, even if he has one daughter also. Even if he has one daughter also. So raising the status and the maqam of our daughter in the home, that if a man has a daughter in the home, she becomes his, his like a stamp, like a guarantee for him that he's going to enter into paradise because of the amount of tarbiyah, the amount of wealth that he has spent making her tarbiyah, clothing her, feeding her, feeding her, etc. In another hadith, it comes about the daughter as well as the sister. That that man who takes care of his sister, maybe she never got married, father has passed away. Now it's her, his, she becomes his responsibility. She becomes the responsibility of the male in the home. This, you know, this thinking in our mind that the wife must go out of the home or the woman must go out of the home. She must go and seek her sustenance and get her wealth and she must be able to be an income bringer in the home. My dear, this is all feminism and this Western ideology that is mixed in our head. We are mixed up with all of this. It's not her responsibility. If she's doing it, it is her son. But she doesn't go out of the confines of the home to go and earn a livelihood. And then, my dear brothers, we are telling you we have these difficulties that come in our office. We have sometimes a woman working in an environment. Now, her husband, in simple language, her husband is earning 8,000 rand and she's earning 20,000 rand. Will there be peace in that house? There can never be peace in that house. There will never be because now she said that I want to buy this thing here. And she, he said, no, no, I will buy this here. There will be constant clash one another. One person he told me that my wife, she wants me to buy this particular car. And I can't afford that. <laughs> I, I can afford this certain thing. She wants me to stay in this particular area. I can't afford that rental we are staying. Then she says, no, no, no. I, I, I'm going to help you to pay the rental for that area, for that place. So I want to stay in a certain place in Durban. I want this particular view because now I can afford it because I'm getting also money, so I'm going to pay for that. At the end of the day, my dear brothers, what maqam will that particular husband have in that home? One brother cried in front of me, he told me, I got no control. Whoever my wife wants to bring in a home, she lets, that brings them. She has a party in the home, I can't say anything. She brings just people in a home, I can't say anything. So I asked him whose home it is, he said, no, it's her home. 
She does this, she does that, she does that. So my dear brothers, be very cautious. Every law in Islam, my dear brothers, whether we, we understand it or we don't understand it, it is hikmat, it is, it is very great wisdom that Allah Ta'ala has made us, the men, be the ones who are sacrificing and who are spending on our women folk. My dear brothers, there's a very great hikmat and wisdom behind it because in a day and age that we are living, you can see that the whole family can crumble because the Western idea is saying, no, you must be independent. Why are you listening to this man? You don't have to be married to him. What are you polishing his shoes or what are you making food every day for him? You don't know. You can be an independent person. You're earning 20,000 rand a month. You can support your child. What are you uh, listening to what you have to uh, you do for him? No, let him go his way and you carry on your way. you got enough independence. So the Western ideology is driving them towards independence, towards the fact that, no, you must be an independent person. You must have your own income. So my dear brothers, let us be very cautious. My dear brothers, establish ta'neem in our home. Every day, sit with the wife, sit with the children. Talk about Sahaba, read the stories of Sahaba, so that that reality will come into them of how a woman actually is supposed to be in a, in a Muslim home. Allah Ta'ala give you and me the tawfiq wa akhru Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah Ashadu anna muhammadan rasulullah Ashadu anna muhammadan rasulullah Hayya ala salah Hayya ala salah Hayya ala al-falah Hayya ala Alhamdulillahi ali zati azimi sifati samiyi simati kabiri shan Jalilil qadri rafi'il dhikri muta'in amri jaliyil burhan Fakhimin ismi ghaziril ilmi wasi'il hilmi kathiril ghufran Jamilil thanai jazilil atai mujibil du'ai amimil ihsan 
ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحد الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد وهتدى وإياكم البدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضن وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تقنطوا من رحمة الله فإنه أرحم الراحمين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من القاصدين ألا وإن نفسا لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله وأجمنوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين ودعوه فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات عمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وزريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء أثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهر وباطنة لا تغادر زنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم من بعد غرضا من أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انسل الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انسل من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة Brother Staten of a substance shoulder to shoulder If you have your cell phone please put it off
أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاة حي على الفلاة ودقامة الصلاة ودقامة الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله سأعتدلوا الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تخشى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصنى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والتين والزيتون وطور سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان في أحسن تقويم ثم رددناه أسفل سافلين إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات فلهم فلهم أجر غير ممنون فما يكذبك بعد بالدين أليس الله بأحكم الحاكمين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر 
الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعانيت يا ذو الجلال والإكرام اللهم ربنا أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم ربنا أحسن عاقبتنا في الأمور كلها وأجلنا من خزي الدنيا وعذاب القبر وعذاب الآخرة اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والفعل والنية والهدي والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ربنا آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم أعلم